Hello and happy new year. Can't get any worse than the last one, can it? Here to hopefully see it in properly, get it started well, are me, Alex and Paula, as always. So this week, the first week of 2021 and episode number 11. Uh, we're going to talk about the games we've beaten, retired and are currently playing. Uh, we're going to have a quick chat about our 2021 gaming goals for the year ahead. And we'll take a question from the forums before we move on to the hit sensation game show game. Say it with me. How, How long to be, be the, the game? game. <laughs> so close. That actually seemed all right. Close. We're getting there. It's probably better on your end than mine. <laughs> I, honestly, on my I end, I'm it's... like... I guess it's I'm, bad on their end. I don't know. I'm giving you both like a three second lag and it seems to sort of work. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Excellent. Right. Speaking of number threes, I'm going to be very greedy and move straight into what I've beaten this week. Yeah, so I've got three games that I've beaten. And the first one, thank you very much, Paula, is in Bento, which mm. those of you that listen on the regular will know that I bought during the recording last week. And I think smashed out in about four days. A mm just sunk its little cat claws right in. It is a puzzler about making sushi boxes, making bento boxes. And it's very, very clever. It's not particularly reinvented in the wheel. It's all stuff that if you're an avid puzzle player, you will have seen sort of before. But it's all about the presentation. It's just fucking adorable. And the music's nice. The visuals are nice. Tells a better story than Florence. (laughs) And I will, sure. I will die on that hill. Actually, ah. does I don't. Even care. <laughs> and it's like two pounds on the app store. So if you want a puzzle game for when we're allowed to go outside again, it's a great one to pick. And yeah. um, I mean, how are you finding Alex? Because you're, if we jump ahead, teeny weeny bit in the middle of it right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm playing it. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I bought it too because I was like, oh, this sounds fun. It was on sale. It was so cheap. I was like, why not? Um, and I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'll beat it. I mean. I might, but like with I'm I'm kind of a puzzle game. Uh, I tend to like just kind of I don't know. I start them. I get to a point where it gets like a little too tough, and I go, "Okay, I'm done." Uh, that's sort of like how I like to go in it, especially when there's no like really like no real story per se. Like in this, there is, but like not really. So like um, I'm just kind of like okay. Um, yeah. but who knows? Maybe we'll beat it. I think it's really worth it. Like, if people want a good little puzzle, like you're saying, this is this is a game that's totally worth it. Cute, so quick and easy to understand, but then also throws really interesting kind of curveballs at you, and does require a lot of like some interesting spatial reasoning. Like, you really have to think sort of weirdly enough. You kind of have to think three dimensionally with the game, um, despite the fact that you're creating a two D surface. You are you're often putting like pieces. And you're like, have to think about like the layers of it. And I find that's like really cool puzzle design. Yeah. So I don't know. The minute that you feel like you're like, I I know how to nail these puzzles. They throw something like kind of new at you and you're like, oh shit, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, When you have to think outside of the Venta books. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I'll see what's (laughs) in. So basically, thank you for the recommendation. It's great. I just remember you messaging me when you bought it. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I was worried after the Florence. I thought you'd hate it again. <laughs> but no, it's great. And to be fair, like I'm quite similar to you, Alex, where in a puzzle game, I generally will sort of bounce off it mm. sort of around the half to two thirds point where, where things start to get just a little bit, um, whether it's too easy and it just becomes repetitive. It's like, right, I know what I need to do. 
and it just feels like a chore to do it, or the other way where it just becomes like a moon log- logic situation. But I feel like the curve on this one's really well pitched. It is, yeah. And and which it, is yeah. Oh, sorry. It does this great thing no, no, too where it actually um you don't have to like play one level, one level, one level. It'll unlock a couple levels each time. So you can like jump ahead if you get stuck on something, which I find really useful because sometimes my brain just needs to like step away from a puzzle. And then when I come back, it's like, oh, got it, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I kind of hate puzzle games where they're just like, no, you have to fight this level and then this level and then this level, you know? And you're like, give me, give me some choice here. So I really liked it for that. I thought that was really, really, it was really good. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So the second one I beat, which again is another one that you've played, Alex, uh, is okay. Blasphemous, mm-hmm. and it's a weird one because I had a great <laughs> time with it, but I would struggle to recommend it. And I think I said this on the forums <laughs> that the, the the problem is that it's a Metroidvania, and that is like the one genre where there's just uh, an embarrassment of sort of riches in terms of nine out of tens and ten out of tens. And yeah. there's, there's a million games that you would recommend before Blasphemous. Um, as great as it is and as unique as it is in the sense that where where a lot of Metrovanias, particularly I've I've played a lot of like the Egervania sort of Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. Ario Soro kind of mold where you're quite mobile, you're quite flexible, you've got a real sort of variety of attack stuff, and actually quite early on you become very powerful and it's just about um exploring and, and picking up all these movement options and and that kind of thing with blasphemous. And I think you said this a couple of months back. It's very much less about the exploration and more about the combat. You actually are quite limited in movement options. So I, yeah. up until I got the the two power ups that that sort of build um, new platforms and and grow platforms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I was convinced there was going to be a double jump based on some of the things that I couldn't get earlier on in the game, and there just isn't. And and that yep. I think <laughs> exemplifies just how different it is in terms of movement, like you only get one fucking jump. Um, and, and the combat for fear of using a tired trope is very dark soulsy. Mm-hmm. It's all about pattern recognition, um, counter and parry sort of thing. And it's good because it, it pulls in a different way than other Metroidvanias do. But it is also maybe a little bit short of something that you could say, all right, it's not a 10, but you have to play this because yeah because it at its core although it does things differently it is still a metroidvania and as fun as the aesthetic and the audio are they're, they're they are great over a 16 hour experience i just can't recommend it over a symphony of the night over any of the, the handheld castlevania games over Hell, over ori and the will of the wisp frankly like, you know what i mean like the ori games yeah <laughs> um, even even ones i haven't played like hollow knight where oh yeah i i know i haven't played it but i know everybody says it's a 10 it's the best and Metroidvania, like, hands down, in my opinion. Like I'll, do, I'll defend that to the grave. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we're we're forgetting more games that, that if we remembered them, we would recommend them before Blasphemous. So it's it's <laughs> it's probably the highest recommend rated game that I can't recommend. I know it's so weird, right? Like I'm in the same boat. I I I'm like, it's a good game, but there's just way better ones. <laughs> you just like have that moment <laughs> where you're like, I didn't not enjoy the experience, but. It's kind of weird because it's almost like a step backwards in in concepts um, because like when you think about it, Dark Souls was sort of like, and then again, I don't know, step backs are fine. Like I, I think it's all good to explore mechanics, but when you think about it, like Dark Souls is sort of taking the Castlevania idea 
um, and putting it into three 3D and like in this sort of moving forward way, right? Where like you can you find shortcuts that reconnect the world. The world's kind of this one big connected thing, which is kind of like what a Castlevania game is, right? Um, except in Dark Souls, it was like less about um, the exploration and it became combat focused. So that was sort of the way that it moved forward. It was like, okay, let's take some of the Castlevania difficulties, the save rooms, and let's incorporate that and in, in, in kind of expand on that and, and make that more of a chief like um, factor of the game. And then Blasphemous is sort of like, oh yeah, let's take the Dark Souls combat and let's just put it all back into, <laughs> into yeah. 2D, right? And you're like, okay, but I, th- I think I see why it's not really done like that um, because f- for some reason, because like it still kept the kind of the ex, you know, it, it was kind of like it was trying to have its, uh, whatever that expression is, it's cake and eat it too. Have its cake and eat it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Because it's like it wants to have this big sprawling exploration map, but then at the same time, it's like no, but I want to focus on combat, and so it's like okay, but I still have to run through all these goddamn rooms, and I'm so slow. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. I wish it. I wish it had a little, just a little bit more of a balance between the exploration and the combat. It would have been nice if there was just even just a touch, like maybe just one more exploration focused skill or something. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree. I know what you mean. I think my my biggest problem with it, and and I did sort of have an issue with the the fact that the Wikipedia sort of three paragraph summary told the story better than the game did yeah as as beautiful as it was i didn't have a fucking clue what was going on until i read the wikipedia after the fact but my bigger problem was just that it felt a little bit directionless and i suppose that that sort of ties back into it but the game does a very poor job of signposting yeah so there, there were at least two occasions where i had to go to google and be like right where am i actually able to go next to to progress yeah. the the main path and that's partially because the the map's a little bit deficient. It's good in some ways, it's it's deficient in others. Hmm. And that's also partially because you don't have any kind of, um, not even necessarily a quest log, but you, you don't have anything where it, where it will say, like, right, you need to do X. Like one of the things I loved about Bravely Default, which you couldn't get a more different game, but hmm. on the bottom screen, whenever you went into the menus, um, one of the one of the side characters would be on the bottom. They just have a little speech bubble about, oh, we need to go and kill this boss, or come nice. on, hurry up, we need to awaken the last crystal. And it's just like a nice little reminder to say, oh, you need to do X or Y. And I think Blasphemous could have really benefited from that. Yeah. Also, anything to tell you what the side quests were doing, because yes. again, I had to Google that. Didn't have a clue yeah. what was going on. And, and most of the collectibles are hidden behind these really arcane sort of fetch quest things that you need to do and oh, i yeah. wouldn't have necessarily i wouldn't have necessarily minded doing them if the game had told me that i needed to do them rather than the internet yeah but and it it is a good game ultimately i, don't, I was about to say and yet we both enjoyed it <laughs> yeah it, it, it's just a case of i can only recommend it if you've played all the other great metrovanias or um if you're someone like friend of the podcast do that who is aware of the the influences on that game, is really yes. sort of enamored with the aesthetic and style. And if you look at that and hear some of that music and say, I want this in my veins, there's a great game alongside it. it unless you fall into those two camps, there's just other stuff that you should be playing first. Yeah. So going from, from a game I wish I could recommend to a game that 
that segue's fallen apart in my head. The last game I've beaten <laughs> is um, a an experience called Trover Saves the Universe. And I sort of hesitate to call it a game because the game part falls very short. So it is from one of the creators of Rick and Morty. It's a Theoretically, it's an action-adventure game, but it's a VR experience with a game tacked on. The problem is it's also something that's sold as a, as a VR sort of optional experience. So you can play it on a regular TV, which is what I did. I can't in good conscience recommend anybody play it that way because it just isn't geared like that. So, the, the, I mean, the setup's fantastic. The, the game's writing in, in a different setting would be 10 out of 10. Mm. So the, the is you are a chair orpian. So your thing is you never leave your chair. You sit in a moving chair. And that's how they get around the, the VR constraint of teleporting to nodes gotcha. and, and things like that. And you're on this quest to rescue your dogs. And it... The setup's done well. I don't want to say too much more and do it justice. One example I maybe will give of the of the funny writing, they released some free DLC to go with it. And it's got a separate option in the main menu. And when you click on it, it says, this DLC is designed for people who've beaten the main game. Uh, so do that first. But hey, what do we know? We only made the fucking thing. <laughs> and and that, that nice. kind of humor permeates. And it, it's good fun. But the game is a very simple sort of light attack, heavy attack jump okay. roll situation and even that's sort of very loosely applied you just feel like you're you're sort of walking between plot beats and because you're moving between nodes and in that sort of third person setting you feel like your camera should be on the person not only did i find myself getting lost from time to time it actually also made me feel a little bit sick playing it in a couple of moments which isn't something i expected without a headset on now i don't know if it's better with a headset the impressions that i got from some of the reviews i skimmed is that it is but if you haven't got a headset i just can't recommend it i i I think you'd be better off sort of watching a playthrough or something Mm. i think it's probably a good way to experience the writing that way i've seen this one often like i have a psvr and honestly i haven't touched that in a while my playstation hasn't turned on since i got the xbox but it always rates really highly on the PlayStation Store. And like everyone I've seen, like when I first got PlayStation VR, it was like kind of a highlight. But, you know, I, I see, I feel like also just in general, I can't recommend many VR games not in VR. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know companies mm. do this because they're like, fuck, we need some money. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, not enough people are buying the VR. And you're like, well, yeah, because it's like this emerging, like, luxury toy. So, like, <laughs> Of course they're not. <laughs> and it's a whole chicken and egg thing where you need the yeah. games to sell the headsets, but without the headsets, you can't really make the games and, and so on and so exactly. forth. But I, I would be very interested to hear if you were ever to play it, how you found it with a headset, because I think I'd probably enjoy it a lot more that way. Um, I probably the, the, play it the core, Yeah, I mean, the, the game's serviceable. It's not bad. It's fine. And the writing is good. So the, the game sort of took about six hours, including the DLC. The DLC was a lot better because it just took the combat away. And it gave you like a, a small room with sort of a set of puzzles and gags and, and random things to do. Again, there were things in it that were clearly designed with the VR in mind. So one of the one of the main mechanics for you as as the as the chair orpian, as sort of the, the protagonist, is that you can grab and move things in the world, but without the VR handles, that's tied to a reticle at the center of your screen, which only turns on when you're looking at something you can move. So one, it's very hard to aim the reticle sometimes because you're guessing where it might be on the screen to some of the mechanics sort of expect motions of you that are much harder with a stick than they would be with VR controllers. Gotcha. So, but even then, 
excuse me, the, the DLC was a lot more fun than the main game. Yeah, I've gone around the houses there. Play it if you've got a headset, probably. <laughs> nice. Is where I'm going to leave that. Well, one day when I play this game, I will return to let you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as long as it's after 13 Sentinels Argus Rim. Uh, yeah, there we go. I'm waiting until basically once I get a PlayStation 5 some year. I don't know. It's probably when they announce a new SKU in years. That's when I'm going to go back and do all the PlayStation stuff. Paolo, you haven't beaten anything this week, huh? No, I haven't. I wanted to finish the Rim 2, but that happened. Exams <laughs> happened. U- university happened. <laughs> so, yeah, all my gaming time this week have uh, been dedicated to tipping away at other games that I'm already playing. That's all right. Hey, look, that's like, you know, the week when I had a new puppy, right? You guys picked up the slack for me. <laughs> I did beat some stuff this week, and I beat two real good games. One of them is Call of the Sea, which is on Game Pass. And I like wholeheartedly recommend this game to just everyone. Like This is a game that um, I think, especially it, if you find puzzle games difficult, this is an excellent, excellent introduction into puzzle games. If you love puzzle games, I think you will still really enjoy this game. Um, it's a mystery adventure, and and I would I would encourage individuals not to look too much up about this game because it's short. It's not going to take you very long. It's like five six hours, um, and the mystery is really satisfying, um, and it unravels very naturally, um, and it's better to just kind of go in not knowing much. Like all you really need to know is that it's the 1930s. You're this um, lady, like British lady, whose husband has disappeared on uh, like on an island out in the middle of the ocean. And you've gone to that island to find out what's happened. And the game unravels through puzzles um, and through this sort of like, um, you know, classic sort of narrative uh, unwinding. And it's really good. Like all the puzzles are so... I will say, in the later chapters, some of the puzzles get a little bit like, okay, like they're not hard. They're just like, I got to do the puzzle thing. You know what I mean? But most of them are are satisfying enough where it's like, for instance, I got stuck at one point and I was like, what do I have to do? And literally, it, all, all it takes is like, it, it confines you well enough that you know that you just have to look around and like really think outside the box to figure out what to do. And then it'll kind of snap into place. So I never got like frustratingly stuck. I was like, I was really satisfyingly stuck, I guess. I don't know what to call it. There's this there's this um, education philosophy thing about like, um, I can't remember the exact word, but there's like the good stress of where it's like something is just challenging enough to be satisfying, um, but it doesn't tip over into the frustration. And this game is always there. Like it's almost always at that, like this is just challenging enough level. And I like it. I will say one thing. Some of its dialogue is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Like, it's just so corny. Like, hold on. I wrote this down because it's one of the first lines that you hear. So this isn't a spoiler. This is like one of the very first things that you hear in the game. Uh, And it goes, I've had those dreams ever since my mother died and left me that music box in her will. (laughs) I was like, thanks for the exposition, lady. (laughs) I guess I know the stakes now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, like yeah. it's a little bit of that at the beginning where it like really paints it out for you but then it gets much better like the the voice actress um is really good she often comments on things that she's seeing and sometimes it's it's stupid obvious like she'll comment on something that you're like okay yeah no i got that like 
you don't need to explain everything that we see. But then other times it's like nice, colorful kind of filling in the blanks of things. I will say, and this might be slight spoilers, so people just, you know, plug yours if you don't want to hear it. But essentially there, there is a choice that um, that is to be made near the end of the game. And I think it's a bit of a false choice. It's just kind of like the, the game doesn't earn that choice that it asks you to make. So I, it didn't bother me in the end because I was like super satisfied with the game and its ending. But um, yeah, that would be my only gripe. I was like, mm, I don't think you earned that. But yeah, good game. It's on Game Pass. It's free. Go play it. Or £15.50. Yeah, for those of us who don't. Or a dollar for three months. Wow, yeah, or a dollar for three months. So yeah, loses a bit of steam in the later half, but very good. Six hours, I mean, you can't go wrong. It was an excellent palate cleanser game, you know? Like, I had just mm. come off playing KOTOR 2, and I was like, I want something kind of short and fun. And I was like, wow, it's beautiful. It's kind of cel-shaded, um, but not really. Like, it has that, I don't even know how to describe it, toyetic, like, graphic design. Like, it's just really beautiful and, and really nice. So anyway, that's Call of the Sea. Uh, which I played on the Xbox Series X. And then I also played Dishonored Death of the Outsider, which is kind of like the end of the Dishonored series. Like, I don't know if Dishonored's coming back. I hope it is. I love that game. But uh, there's Dishonored, <laughs> Dishonored 2, and then Death of the Outsider. Um, and the Outsider is this big character in the Dishonored games. Um, so is it like um, a standalone expansion? Yeah, it's like Lost Legacy. It's like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. I thought it was DLC for Dishonored 1. And then you started talking about the end of the franchise. I was like... You know, no. there's a second, right? Right, okay, I'm with you now. There, I'm with there, you now. See, actually, it is kind of like the Dishonored 1 DLC because there's Dishonored 1 DLC where you get to play as Dowd. Um, and I would say this is sort of like the the sequel to that in a way because you play as Megan or Billy Lurk, who's like Dowd's kind of apprentice. Uh, I know this is going over everyone's heads. If you don't, if you're not big into Dishonored, you, we might not know this, but Dowd is a big assassin in the game. Uh, he's kind of an antagonist in the first one, but he sort of morphs into this kind of anti-hero sort of character. Kind of Megan is sort of his, I guess, apprentice. I don't even know what you call her. She's an assassin, and he plays her. It's more Dishonored. I don't even know what to say. It's 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 just Dishonored. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like five missions in pretty interesting places classic dishonored gameplay where it lets you kind of do what you want her powers are like she has like the blink power where like she can set up a decoy and then she can like teleport to that decoy which is a little bit different than some of the powers in the other dishonored ones um but pretty similar to um she's got like a foresight you know she can like go out of her body and like look around and set up uh, a decoy to like then teleport to um she can take other people's faces and walk around as a different person. Like, it's pretty cool. So there's just so many opportunities. I, I always go with um, no assassinations when I play those games. Because, I don't know. I just like the idea of, like, can I sneak through the entire game and just, like, knock people out and never kill anyone? Um, mm. I might go back one day and just do, like, a murderous rampage through it. Because the combat is pretty satisfying. And you could do some fucked up shit to people in that game. <laughs> so, yeah. That's actually my only complaint. And... I don't even know if it's really a complaint, but she's kind of this like ruthless assassin. Um, but I guess this game is her sort of redemption arc game. But then at the same time, it doesn't have to be a redemption arc. You can go dark. I don't know. I don't know if I have a fully formed thought on this. Let's just put it this way. It's a game that involves the idea of chaos, right? In the Dishonored series. So like 
when you set things ablaze, when you murder, when you rampage, when you do all this, you inflict more chaos into the world, their concept. When you do less of that, when you leave less of a footprint on the world and you're a stealthier assassin, you cause less chaos because you put less into disarray. Um, and so to get that good ending, it kind of, it's it's weird, right? Because it's like you can play any way you want, but really it's sort of putting the foot on and saying you should go through this and not kill anyone. Um, but it's mission structured. So you can always just go back later and like play through and just do however you want. So I'm kind of rambling on this, put it this way. I like this game a lot. Uh, have any of you played the Dishonored games? I haven't, but I do want to take that tangent slightly further because they didn't initially plan to put the, uh, the no kills in at all. Mm. So, uh, no clip who I've mentioned on this podcast a couple of times before, they do great sort of YouTube, uh, Patreon backed sort of documentary stuff. Uh, they did a big one on Arcane, the studio behind um dishonored and, and prayed mm. it that we all love and among other things and i remember there was a bit in that where they were talking about it being something that they added sort of midway through development hmm. um and then i think they they planned to do it maybe for one of them as like a, a a feature option type thing and then one of the developers said well we should probably do that for all of them and, and whoever the creative lead was said well if you can think of creative ways for us to incorporate that for all of them then we'll do it and so it became like a, a challenge internally to how can we make each of these workers a uh, not an actual assassination, but uh, in such a way that you can still complete the mission? Uh, yeah. But it, it's one I want to get to eventually. Um, uh, like everything, the backlogs, the backlogs are theme. Totally. I, I, I like. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. I, I was no, just gonna no, say right. it's I'm... it's super worth your time. Like I think Dishonor, Dishonor Two, Death of the Outside, they're all excellent and they all are in like and oh my gosh they're so cheap now and i i bet you anything they're going to come to game pass very soon you know bethesda publishes those i have no doubt when that merger gets through you're going to suddenly see the arcane collection uh pop up right but yeah i mean death of the outsider because it's an expansion i think when it came out it had a slightly lukewarm reception because it was it wasn't full price but it was kind of that lost legacy price and I don't know. I think people were just, they, they kind of wanted, I think it was a case of genuinely where it's like, but we want more. Give us Dishonored 3, you know? Uh, more? Yeah. More? You want more? Right. But I got it for like 10 bucks and I was very pleased. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. Should we move on to what we've retired? Oh. Yeah, sure. I feel like I cut you off before, Paolo. Have you played these games or not? Oh, oh there's some runs? No, yeah. I haven't. Oh, mm. crack on then. Ignore me. <laughs> Sorry, come on. That's all I said that I haven't played them. So, <laughs> oh dear, that's fair. Well, well, I've just made more work for you in the edit. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. <laughs> this is how the sausage gets made. <laughs> well, let me let me wind out the uh, the awkwardness by talking about my two sort of retirements mm. just quickly. So, they're both sort of to be continued. So the first one is Drill Dozer, which the problem with the post-game content is you kind of need to do a bit of grinding for money to buy access to those post-game levels. And I'm not really at the point where I, I can be asked at the moment. I definitely do want to go back and play them, but I don't really want to do any of the money grinding to get there. So it's it's gone back on the pile. I will come back to it, but it's just uh, parked while I've got Cyberpunk and a few other things going on. Hmm. And Recky was kind of similar, although that was more a case of I just played sort of four games playing in Bento on and off. Really loved that. And I just sort of couldn't face any more puzzling when I finished it. So mm-hmm. as good as, as good as Recky is, it was kind of a case of, well, I'll come back to you when I'm more receptive to that kind of gameplay. So they're, they're both 
gone but not forgotten, as it were. Um, and then, again, Paola's been wasting his time with frivolous things like exams. So, no retirement. <laughs> no. Hey, you can't retire again. Maybe you don't play the games. Wow. Okay. That's so true. That's so true. Um, that, that's role safe right there. Uh, but you've got one, haven't you, Alex? Yeah, this is actually for the exact reason we talked about earlier with puzzle games, I retired grindstone. Um, as I got to the later levels, like I'm, I'm quite far into it, into the, into the like 130s or something uh, in terms of the levels. But this is a game where you have to beat each level to progress. And um, I just got to a point now where it's not actually that it's so hard. It's just tedious because like, there's a point now where you have to like, maneuver your character to push certain blocks into a position but again you have to get you have to like chain a certain number of these little creatures in order to actually be able to move a block and those creatures come randomly so you just get to a point where it's like it's so finicky and it just feels like like i just sat there and i was like is this what the rest of this goddamn game is going to be because like this is just not fun like i don't feel challenged i just feel like i'm doing this because i have to so i was like goodbye i enjoyed you i had you and i still recommend this game is the thing because i still think it's really fun and when it comes to puzzlers not many i don't know there's not a lot of us who actually beat these games full through right like i mean like puzzle quest or you know what i mean like you just you play them until you're done um so that's it i'm done with grind this is the spirit track recommendation is what this is play it don't finish it yeah exactly um though i think it's easier not to finish this one than spirit tracks right because like there's no real there's no story at all so i didn't feel bad retiring it i was just like cool i had fun whereas spirit tracks if you do don't finish it you might feel kind of bad (laughs) if you're like me Uh, shall we move on to what we're playing then yes should we tag power in because she's got stuff to talk about here yeah finally (laughs) (laughs) I have games to talk about here. Uh, so I haven't been playing much in terms of hours, but I've been like slowly chipping away at some of my games. So God realized Chiragande no Kiseki, that's one I've, I think I've, I did a couple of scenarios in that game. I'm still struggling with Japanese here because I don't know, I could have played in English, but that's who I am. I like to do the things the hard way. For the Lane of Zelda, for the well, no Kirksey uh, were collected this week, sadly. I played like, get that I don't know. Feet, man. <laughs> 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 uh, no trains were uh, found in either, so that's a shame. As for Fire Emblem, Tell Dragon and the Blade of Light, I think that's uh, the, the one game I've been like uh, the most time into because I ended up buying it on the top for less than six bucks because I had gold points. So I got it like for three bucks or something like that. I actually got up pretty quickly to where I was like on the emulator. It's kind of nice to have like um, names that make sense in English. (laughs) Were they kind of poorly (laughs) translated in the other one, I'm guessing? Yeah, they were like um, pretty, like weirdly translated. I think like oh, um, I'm trying to remember like an example that were there was like one that was like weird. I can't recall like an example right now, but I remember like uh, Lena was like Lena with yeah. the light R. Oh, okay. So they tried to do the transliteration. Yeah, see, 
you see this all the time in fan patches, right? Where what they'll do is they'll take the Japanese, like katakana or the hiragana, and then they'll try to put it into English. Yeah, and so you get Lena turns into Rena, and it's like yeah. I, I guess you're being literal, but like in Japan, that's not necessarily how they see the name, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, interesting. It's like a translation rather than a localization, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, there was a. Uh, a translator, but the localization on the Switch version is actually pretty nice. Mm. Uh, I hope so. How long it took him to do it? <laughs> <laughs> and like, it looks nice. It's not like like they actually took time to format the stuff like they should. Mm. I would be recommending the Switch version more if it wasn't because you know limited. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that ROM's going to find its way onto the internet. I've just it got is one hundred percent on it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, past chapter. I think I'm in chapter nine right now. Yeah, and so far, I think I've recruited like all the recruitable characters so far, and zero death. How how do you find this game like as, as someone who's you know played like all the DS ones, or even someone who like jumped into Three Houses? Like, how do you find um, going back to playing the Famicom version? A little bit of a run here because, like, uh, I started playing with Awakening. Um, mm. it was pretty fun. Then, uh, the Fate, uh, the Fates trilogy. I have a bone to pick with those games because, like, <laughs> there are like some mechanics from Awakening that make no fucking sense in Fates. Um, anyone who has played like both will know. <laughs> The children, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, there were like some fun stuff, like the castle thing, the my castle thing. But it felt like really tacked on. Like the bonuses were nice, but it felt like uh, an afterthought a little bit. Um, I loved like the difficulty, like in conquest. Like I think out of the trilogy, if you're gonna play one, it has to be conquest. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be mean, but Revelations is pretty escapable. <laughs> I love it, though. But anyway, I get it. I get it. I, don't, I love it, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I had fun with it while it lasted, and then it was like, huh? I'm just biased. Like... And I can't believe because I'm gonna play it again because of my marathon that I'm doing now. Uh. Oh, and then Echo started to fall into that it was like beautiful, like mm-hmm. uh, old school difficulty with the dungeon crawling that I really adore. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons that I like RPGs. Mm. And I found that some of the classes that were kind of broken in other games had actually a nice balance. And Three Houses, I literally played like two hours and I was like, I can't stand this game. Interesting. Okay. So it may have to do with this is not my first Fire Emblem game. And also, I actually finished um, Fire Emblem Awakening in normal, um, lunatic, and lunatic um, classic. Damn! That's some good shit. Eh? Rather you than me. See, the, the only. The only difficulty I haven't beaten it yet is on Lunatic Plus. What's the difference? 
it is horrible. horrible because like all the all the enemies get like one of I think it was like one of four abilities that was like Vantage Plus. Um the one that cuts the magic damage by half every time. The one that cuts like physical damage by half every time, and the one that can one hit KO uh, you if you are not careful. Yeah. And it's like a flip of thing. So every single enemy gets like a randomized one of those. I got to chapter five and I restarted the chapter many, many times, <laughs> but not once I got like the only combination with the, that was doable. Oh, geez. See, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, Powder, though. Like, I finished three houses completely. Like, I beat the game uh, in on one of the houses. And while I think the game is is great, and I, I'm, I'm really glad that it's brought on a lot of new players, kind of like Awakening did, I also kind of finished it being like, oh, well, I like the DS one. I see, it's just sort of an <laughs> underwhelming kind of thing. Yeah, but like, I... Yes oh, and no. Continue. Sorry, yeah, it, it it is very good. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it's great. It's Fire Emblem. I think I just I don't know. I was more. I like the story more. I think in Awakening, um, and I think. I think I just like playing it on the DS a little more. There's just something about playing it on the 3DS that's kind of nice. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be too hard on this because it is a good game. Like, play it. But I don't know. What were you gonna say, Pablo? Oh, the, the reason that I stopped playing Treehouse, I'm going to go back to it eventually mm. and give it a second chance, but in a higher difficulty. First of all, what's mm. the difficulty? Like, at least from what I played, uh, none of your initial units are like that EXP sponge mm -hmm. that you have like at the beginning of the game, like a first turn character, but it levels up like a re at a really slow pace and that like balances it out yeah i found that all the characters level up like really fast oh. and like the general like i think you do more damage than the enemy sometimes like even in matchups that don't make sense because like if you go like with a an axe um and you attack a sword user for example yeah the the sword user has an advantage they can evade your attacks more and stuff like that. And I felt like that didn't happen as much in Three Houses. Oh, well, Three Houses actually got rid of the entire weapon wheel thing. So, like, you oh, know, yeah, that's what? all gone. Yeah, so there, there's no advantages for any different types of weapon. Like, that's completely gone. That's why I was able to sleep, like, an entire map with a sword user, even though it didn't make sense at all. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So that's an important thing to know, actually, because it, it's been a thing in every other one. But yeah, and, and I yeah. would actually recommend if you play Three Houses and, and you're an experienced Fire Emblem player, play a difficulty up from like the normal one, because you're, you're right, Paula, it's it's significantly easier than the other games are on the normal difficulty, which I think is because they're also just like, holy shit, big new audience. <laughs> um, and so they might have done it for that reason. But anyway, I'm tempted to try this famicon one i'm still salty that they didn't just release it on ness online but whatever the famicon one it is pretty solid hmm. like uh so far so good nice like it is challenging like that uh sweet spot like just right 
I, I feel. Good. Um, and even though it's like a Famicom game, it still looks like pretty good. Like the animations here for the attacks are pretty good. Sometimes you get like a very goofy animation. But I'll probably have to... That's like a gift of it. Because yes, like some of the actors, like, since you have limited pixels, you have to exaggerate like the emotions and stuff. And how they work is like up right. and down. Oh, like yeah. they're oh. going and it is super funny. I love that. Oh, no. uh, nice. <laughs> what was the sorry? What was the other one that you're playing? I see another one here. What is this? Oh, this this is one I want to bring back from the grave of the retirement file. And that is the room two. It's the sequel to the room that is a puzzle game where you are in this room with a puzzle box. Okay. So in the room one, you have like this one puzzle box that uh, per room, and then you have like a final one that just keeps like getting harder and harder, and you oh. um, start like moving stuff around, and suddenly it opens stuff in the other side of the box, and you know a puzzle box. In the room two. You have multiple, like, kind of, like, puzzle-like objects in one room. Cool. So it becomes more like of an escape room kind of a game. Hmm. I initially retired because, like, I got to a section that was a little bit too creepy for my taste. <laughs> uh, but I grew up from then, so I'm going to try it again. Yeah, those games look cool. I mean, that's that's kind of funny. It's like uh, escape rooms are like returning to their, it's like the the circle there, you know, like it's like escape rooms were based off of video games and now video games are being based off of escape rooms. Escape rooms. The Ouroboros as it eats its own tail. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Rick, do you want to regale us with what you're? What, what you're yeah, sure thing. So most of it is is sort of stuff that's been rolling on for a little while. So I'm still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. At the moment, it's very much sort of dip in and out. So like, I'm conscious that there's a big patch coming this month. Mm. So while I am still enjoying it, while my PS4 is still blessed, I am very curious to see how that changes things. So it's very much sort of a couple of missions here, an hour there sort of thing. It's not consumed my life in the way that I expected it might have done pre-December 10th. I'm still playing Rabbids Go Home. Again, it's a, a couple of missions here, half an hour there. But that's more because that's really the pace at which that game is fun. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a goofy game. It's a really good laugh. It fills me with more joy than it has any right to every time I shake the remote and the rabbits just go, bah! But <laughs> the problem is that you've got, like, three inputs. Every level's the same thing. Gotcha. So it, it's fun to play a couple of levels, and then I'll leave it for a few days. So this this is either going to be a game I finish in March sort of thing or that gets retired in the time between now and then. Uh, but so far, I am, I am enjoying it for what it is. Um, and then the one new playthrough, as we record today, uh, is a PC game called Valley. So that is a first-person platformer. It's all based around the idea of you being in a, a, a special suit called a leaf. It's like an exosuit type thing, and, and you've got... Uh, two abilities mapped to the left and right mouse clicks that draw life from one thing and give that life into something else. Uh, I'm not very far in. It seems like that's the core of the puzzling. And then it's all sort of first person jumping and running and everything else. Feels like it's going to go down sort of a, a love the planet story type thing. 
And if it does, then they've lent on the foreshadowing way too hard. But the, the, the mechanics of the thing are fun enough so far. It looks like it's quite a short game. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and, and that's me. I expect that list will be more fleshed out next week because in the past couple of days, I finished Blasphemous and Trover mm. and retired in Drill Dozer. And that, that was like more than half of my currently playing lineup. So oh, uh, it's a little bit similar to the ground at the moment. It, it'll, be, it'll be fuller for next week, I should think. Um, I've heard mixed including, things about Valley, but yeah. I was just going to say, by next week, I suspect it will be including one of the games that you're currently playing, Alex, a certain uh, I can guess. roguelite. Yeah, I hate to be a downer. Um, well, okay. I, I wish I hadn't made that segue. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm playing I Hades. <laughs> so I'm playing Hades, and okay, look, maybe it's because I've played a ton of roguelites, but everyone's always talking about... <laughs> I think this game has potentially brought on a lot of people who don't play roguelites and are really amazed with what it's doing. And I play the game, and I go, yeah, it's good roguelite. Like, I mean, there's some cool story stuff. It's good. It's a fucking roguelite. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> this one where I'm like, it's the same shit over and over. I'm like, I don't know what, like, everyone's going on and on about, like, how, like, revolution. I was like, it's not. It's pretty. Dionysus is my boyfriend. That's about all. <laughs> like, and Thanatos. They're so, I love them both. They're incredible. But I'm like... I, what am I missing? Like everyone, like is just heaping so much praise onto the game, and and I think it's it's deserving of a lot of it. Like it is fun. I like all the weapons; they're fun to play with. I'm gonna die if I have to fight Theseus one more fucking time. Um, I'm just like I just you know what I mean. Like I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, man, I am grinding against a wall here. I've gotten to the like end of the game a few times. I haven't like beaten it yet, technically. So well, there's no end to this game. I I shouldn't say that. Like you just because. There is trust me. There's no end to this game. Okay, okay. I I felt like I'd read that like once you've like Mm -hmm. quote unquote completed it ten runs through, that's when you get like the true end. Yeah, that might be me misremembering or something. But I I get what you're saying. Like you can play it ad nauseum. Even if you do like like I said, (laughs) maybe you get the true ending. Right. Um. Even then, the game's not over. Like you can keep playing it, and you'll still find new dialogue. Um. Which is like kind of wild, but. I don't know. It's it's good. I don't think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think it's good, um, you know, and it's worth playing. But, like, just temper your expectations. Like, you know what I mean? If you've played roguelites, it is that, you know, uh, roguelike or a roguelite, whatever you want to call it. It That's what it is, and it's that to its core, you know? Just go in with that expectation, and you're going to have a good time. I love Supergiant, so I'm really happy that, like, they're getting so much success for this because, really, this game was made incredibly well they took their time no crunch whatsoever they make everything for it all the assets everything you know like the music the voice acting it's all it's all wonderful so i'm really happy that it's getting all this love it's just it's sort of i guess i'm just slightly confused because like when i play it it's like i think i think it's being overhyped a little bit you know so that's what i'll say if if you're really excited about this game and you want to play it do play it but maybe go in with just the expectations that it's a roguelike and that's what you're going to get, you know? Yeah, I, I get that. I, yeah. I couldn't agree more in terms of mm-hmm. like, just being happy that Supergiant are getting some recognition, finally. Yeah. Like, I've played all of their stuff. Darren Corb's one of my favorite composers going. Mm-hmm. Pyre was criminally underrated. Best basketball game ever made. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Best fantasy <laughs> NBA jam. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I expect to enjoy it, but I also probably recognize what you're saying where maybe it's something that 
that people have just been like, oh my God, this exists. And and it's not a place of naivety, but maybe um, even inexperience sounds harsher than what I'm trying to say. Basically, I agree with you, I think, where you're coming from. But we'll, we'll see when I get around to it. It's the game of the month this month. So. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to uh, play this one, Paula? I'm not sure because like it is game of the month now, so I probably should get around to it. <laughs> But I also want to get around to playing other things, so I'm like, That's backlog or in your game? Backlog yeah. or in your game? This is a good one to maybe just like pop into at some point, like just for a run or two kind of thing. Like I've been playing it slowly. So maybe that's the issue. But anyway, the other stuff that I'm playing, uh, still Kodelka, still haven't really touched it whatsoever, but I keep it on my playing uh, because I'm going to get there. <laughs> and uh, the new game that I'm playing right now is Borderlands 3. I got that in the season pass. And um, which also this game has two season passes, which is bullshit, because the second no, one is nothing. That. The second one is literally nothing really at all. There's like a director's cut of the game or some shit with like new. It's t- so stupid. It's that like season second season pass has been review bombed hard and deservedly. But the first one is There's like a battle great. royale mode as well, isn't there as well? that They've like tried to bundle. Yeah. In. So even Activision did that for free with Call of Duty. 2K can suck dick, is what I have to say on that. Because they're, they're, they're jerks. Like, first off, the the character right, uh, Reese from Tales of the Borderlands, which is the Telltale game about Borderlands, which is great, by the way. He was voiced by, uh, you know, good old famous voice actor guy there. Oh, no. What's his name? Melanoth? No, the other one. Troy Baker that's it (laughs) yeah and look I I love that video games you can just be like no the other one (laughs) yeah I know and like he's kind of got like a I don't love that there's like this sort of stranglehold on gaming with these two but like at the same time he did a great job with that character and the reason he's not in this game it's like the guy who voice uh who did the voice acting for Noctis in Final Fantasy 15 um he he comes into voice Reese in this one and it's because basically 2k was unwilling to negotiate with a union they just wouldn't they wouldn't do unions for uh, voice actors which is like shady shit you know uh i'm just like screw yeah. you you can afford their union it wasn't even really like he wasn't even asking for like a lot of money or anything it was just like for basic like work benefits and like just like the basic stuff that you should be giving your workers um and it was more for everyone involved in voice acting like he was like creating a union deal with them anyway that's that's a whole other story but the game's great <laughs> Um, and it's stupid it's a dumb game the story is asinine but oh my god the gunplay is great and that's all i want from it i just want to pick up sweet guns and shoot people and oh it's so satisfying this is a good short burst game because like you're really just fighting waves and waves of enemies and you're just shooting them in the fucking head with whatever stuff you've got um so yeah if you like that kind of gameplay Scrick game. And I don't know why. I held off on it for a long time because I got it on like deep sale, basically. I had just like, I, I've played all the Borderlands games and I love them very much, but I don't know what it was. I think Borderlands 3 just came around. And I was like, whatever. I mean, it's just Borderlands. Um, and so I think I needed to wait until I was in the mood, you know, which mm. I am now. So anyway, that's what I'm playing. That's it for what I've been playing. From what we've been playing to what we're planning to play takes mm. us quite Sorry. nicely. Segway. I'm all, I'm on top of it this year. Not this week, this year. That's ambition is what that is. And speaking of this year, oh, double segue. 2021, what are we planning to do with gaming? Why don't you go first, pal? You can tell us what you're planning to do once you finish your pesky exams off. First of all, I want to tackle the game challenge of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, like, on the forums, there's one user called 
Finn I'm gonna butcher Finn the Dorf. name if I'm looking for. Yeah, Pindor. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, right. Who, alongside other people in the forums, made this uh, huge list of like little prompts uh, to fill. Like, again, you previously retired, a uh, random game from your backlog and stuff like that. And I plan to try to beat as many games from uh, for that as possible. And the other thing is, like, I want to play, like, at least one non-Vision Novel game for each Vision Novel I play because, oh my god. <laughs> and I have, like, a little uh, list of stuff that I want to tackle. Like, obviously, 13 Sentinel Psyche Stream is uh, gonna get a lot of attention once these Godforsaken exams are over. That's good to hear. I have, like, a little list of 2021 releases that I want to tackle, like, day one. And everything else can kind of wait um, on, on the release schedule, pretty much. And... Uh, I want to tackle like a couple of game series. One of them is the science adventure series, uh, and that is like the Chaos Head, Steinsgate, and Robotic Notes trilogy with their sequels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I am like a big fan of Steinsgate, and I watch like the anime of the other two games, but I know that the visual novel will tell a bigger story. And all the games are like interconnected, like in the same universe. Hmm. Well, you might like just, what one okay. of my goals is later, but <laughs> <laughs> I also want to play. I want to marathon the Fire Emblem series because it seems I'm a masochist. Rather than um, <laughs> I also want to beat like a bunch of RPGs because I haven't beaten like a lot of long JRPGs. Um, during the last year, so like Ninokuni, Token Mirror Station, Starpathy, I'm currently replaying Persona 4 and Team Amidensei 4, and hopefully, I get those two done before Team Amidensei 5. Wow, I think you'll have plenty of time for that one, in fairness. I, yeah, it's because yeah. that I, I would like to think that's going to come out this calendar year, but I yeah, would I be mean surprised if it comes out this calendar year. Let's put it that way. But what, um, what have you got on your list for, for 2021 releases? Because I've, I mean, I'll come to it in a minute. I'm completely gone in terms of what's actually coming out this year. Um, so since a lot of the games that I was looking forward to are like sequels, I'm like, okay, those can wait. I won't buy those unless it's like the Breath of the Wild sequel. Hmm. If it magically comes out this year. So the releases that are mostly like Otome and Timamin Tensei 3 and 5 that are like the ones like I'm gonna try to play like day one so they don't pile up in the backlog. Yeah. Um and those are eight games. <laughs> and, and and oh and I have to add Sukihime because like you know how I said like if there was a remake of it, I will give it a second chance. Well, and there's a remake of it. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty much obligated to... I am completely obligated to uh, get Tsukihime Day 1, probably in Japanese, because at, by, at, by that point, I 
I should be able to read more or less fluently or more fluently that now than I am really now. Yeah, maybe that's at least like something to make you feel a bit better about having to play it again. Is at least you'd be like using it as a as a learning exercise as well. Yeah, um, uh, the friend that recommended the game was like so hyped up, like hmm. so hyped for the for the remake, and he was like, "I don't care. I'm gonna play in Japanese, even though if I have to um, write line for line in Google Translate to understand what the hell is going on, I'm gonna play it." So. I'm like, okay, guess I'm suffering together here. <laughs> <laughs> guess we're suffering together in the Japanese uh, game corner here. So yeah, oh, besides that, like, I play some Zelda games because, like, as much as I love Zelda, for some reason, I played a lot of Zelda, but not finished a lot of Zelda. Ah. <laughs> so Skyward Sword is high in the list there because, like, I actually uh, got to pretty much the end of the game, forget the controls, and, like, Welp. That's heavy, especially when you get far in. I think we've all been there where we've like started part way through a game and then you just forget what's going on. It's like, well, gonna have to start the whole fucker again now. Yeah. Pretty much. I've been there too many so, times. <laughs> I yeah. think I'm past like the second what's the name of this section of the game? Um Trial. Oh beautiful, I forget how the section of the game is called. But uh, but it's like where you like collect the tears of like like in Twilight Princess. Oh, okay. Just for the record, but... I hate this game. But yeah, I'm glad you're trying it again. <laughs> I don't hate this right. game. That's that's too much, actually. I, it's just not my favorite. It's it's my least favorite 3D Zelda game. I'll put it that way. Um, I have yet to play it. I retired Twilight Princess because of those tears, though. Fuck that. Mm. Like, they, genuinely, um, like, 10-year-old me just got sick of it. But yeah. Just gonna say like skyward sword gets a lot of hate between the mojo controls that it is a more li- linear Zelda game um the tears segment i am having a blast no problems with the motion controls the characters are so enjoyable like so there's like uh, a couple of um you don't have like the classic sora uh, or the well, you have a girl like walking around, but the um, the creatures that inhabit the world are like a little are different from like the usual ones. So you have the parallel that are like these um, jellyfish, um, yeah. seahorse kind of thing. And I was talking to this, to 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 one in particular. And she was an asshole. <laughs> she was this one. It was like, what have I done to you? Honestly, um, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> I never had problem with the motion controls. It's just the linearity. It was just so mind-numbingly linear, like for a Zelda game. But I don't know. Uh, what do I know? <laughs> wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the linearity, maybe because I. I I remember be- before playing Skyward Sword, I was just like finishing up like okay enough time. Mm. Uh, after I and before I started the replay, I think I was like trying to play another Zelda game. Probably was like my Mouse because I replayed that that one a lot. So having like a more linear story, um, and there's still still like a lot of exploration to do. To be honest, 
like you don't open up like new places but you can like revisit like places you've already been at but um find like that hidden object that was like at the top of a cliff that you couldn't get to because you didn't have the claw shot or stuff like that and again for me the the writing in the game the the characters the the world they make the game for me pretty much well it may have also have something to do because i'm streaming the game to my boyfriend using a capture card hmm. and i'm like voice acting the game so Oh dear. That might be the reason why it's funny, like way more fun than it should be. <laughs> you have to revive that YouTube career, Paula. There you go. Share it for the world. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anything else you're planning to do in 2021 before we tag out? Yeah, so, so, Fireman Marathon, Science Adventures Marathon. Uh, oh, and double the Japanese importer games that I have before they get released in English. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you don't feel too bad about them uh, pretty much <laughs> so i think that's my plan for next year nice that's your 2021 what about you alex yeah so for me actually inspired by you a little bit paula i wanted to try i'm like i want to try visual novel like i've played visual novel adjacent games uh you know like i've done like uh, like the ace attorneys and like all those but uh i actually was gonna i i, I bought Steinsgate a long time ago on the switch because i loved that anime and i was like oh i should try this out i always hear about these games so this year i think i'm gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna play it i'm gonna do it <laughs> play that Steinsgate. um I think it's Steinsgate Elite. Is that the one I have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they no, added like an 8-bit thing, didn't they? No, the, the one on the Switch is Steinsgate Elite that has like the visuals from the anime. anime. Mm. And I have two. I plan to uh, play both Steinsgate and Steinsgate Elite to make like the comparison. Mm. Uh, because I'm kind of curious. I heard that the writing between the two is kind of different Interesting. but i honestly would be talking out of my ass if i say like how the two games are different i just know that they tell the same story i know that elite has some scenes but i know they're a little bit different beyond that but i don't know how okay well i'm gonna try them out. anyway well, yeah because there's also either um... way you're Oh, sorry. When I bought it, it came with the eight bit adventure one, um, which I hear is kind of. I was adorable. Just saying, yeah. I knew there was something like that in the package. I am so sad because, like, um, you, if you want, like, all the little Steinsgate games that come, like, like with Steinsgate Elite, I think you have to buy, like, at least two versions of the game because the one for, I think the one for PC is different from the one for, for Switch. I'm like. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's such a sucky business practice. I gotta say though, the 8-bit yeah. adventure game is like a full-fledged game. Like it's it's like eight or nine hours or something like that. Like it's oh, a, I like that. Yeah. I always loved when both Layton used to do that with like the little mini games they had in each series. Mm-hmm. And uh the Dangan Romper games mm-hmm. where they have just like a random school management bit in the middle, just stupid stuff like that. It's when love's put in, it's just a really nice bonus to find at the end. I'm yeah, all well, about that. The 8-bit one is like straight up a separate download. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, like okay. I, I mean, like it's yeah. it's legit a full game. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to, to trying that out. I just want to like, I'm like, I want to step my foot very softly into um, 
into this into this world, you know, and like see what I see what I got here and see what's going on in it. Um, other than that, yeah, or no, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's only like two, three hours. Whatever. It's it's a lot. It's it's a it's still a full fledged thing that was free. It's whatever. Um, so <laughs> I want to do. So last year I did like my when I had a backlog blog, which I still have, I guess, but I haven't touched it because you know podcast. <laughs> um, I started last year by like really diving into the GBA. Um, kind of backlog and, and I guess Game Boy a little bit, but mostly the the Game Boy Advance. Um, and I feel like I've really, I, I, I've explored it, you know, like there's still games I want to play, but I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, throughout the years, maybe I'll touch them. But I feel like I've kind of hit like pay dirt in that uh, sort of um, handheld and I've really explored it nicely. And so what I want to do now is look at the PlayStation one, because there's a lot of games on that, that I find are really fascinating. Um, there's a lot that I probably won't touch because it's kind of like the early era, you know, figuring out how 3d works, but like Kadelka's one, I really want to play snatcher and police knots. Um, because, and those aren't really like, some of them are on the PlayStation one, some are on like Sega Saturn and stuff like that, but it's that era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that gen. Yeah, that gen, because um, I think the English localizations are only on, like, the Sega Saturn or whatever, but, um, and Parasite Eve and stuff like that. Like, I just I just kind of want to try those games out, like, from that sort of uh, time frame, um, whether they're specifically on the PlayStation or not, who knows, but that's what I want to do. And I'm going to do those on my Retroid Pocket too, right? I was like, that's what I want to use that for. Um, I also want to start the Yakuza franchise, because I've always sort of, avoided it for some reason like thinking that i wouldn't like it but i loved sleeping dogs and so i'm like <laughs> sleeping dogs was just <laughs> actually sleeping dogs might be a little something to talk about coming up uh in our question <laughs> um uh, i'll write that down um it'll make sense i, when I was I more share thinking it. of the irony with uh sleeping dogs waking molly waking molly oh, yeah there you go yeah i don't have a sleeping dog right now that dog is very exactly, weak. <laughs> exactly. yeah. um but yeah, so um, I want to do that, and I kind of want to um, play some older classics that I wanted to go back to. Like, you know, I've been doing that with Knights of the Old Republic 2, and, like, obviously I'm going to go through Game Pass, and I've been playing games on there. I'm trying to play, like, a Game Pass game a month right now just to sort of, not because I want to, like, get my money's worth, but just because I, I want to challenge myself to sort of explore slightly different games, um, and that's what's nice mm. for Game Pass, so that's sort of been a thing that I'm doing. But I also want to go back to, like, Fallout New Vegas because, like, when I booted up my Xbox Series X, suddenly I had all my old Xbox games on there, and, like... Uh, Fallout New Vegas is still like, you know, um, it's on Game Pass, but I had all of the DLC as well. And I was like, man, I want to go back on that game. Um, and then I want to do the Dead Space games again because I was like, I haven't played Dead Space 3, but I'm like, maybe I should just go back and play Dead Space 1 and 2 again because I love those games and then go play 3. So that's kind of me. Like, I'm going to have a loose year, but the things that I really do want to make sure I get done is I want to play Steins Gate. I want to play the Yakuza franchise, not all of it, but I want to at least start it. Um, and I want to delve a little more into the PS1 games. That's kind of, that's where I'm at. Where I'm at. Nice. And if you do, if you do go back to Dead Space, I cannot highly enough recommend digging out a Wii and a copy of Dead Space Extraction, aka oh. the best light gun game made in years. Oh, I really played that. Yeah, it's a good light gun game. I remember playing that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, and weirdly enough, that's what got me into Dead Space because I at the time I had a Wii and I didn't have a PS3, huh. and there I think I picked it up on a whim, 
really enjoyed it. And then when I got a PS3, I've, I've played one. I've got two and three to get to eventually. So you never know, we might overlap. Hmm, uh, because to, seg- to, to bring it sort of back around to what we're doing next year, I'm sort of very much looking forward to looking back as well. So hmm. I'm basically planning to buy nothing this year. So I've got a pre-order for the deluxe copy of East 9, which comes out next month. And I may give myself a Steam sale exception, maybe, but that that's it. Like I, I, I'm not really planning to buy any new games. the The intention is to dig through some of the stuff that I've picked up over the past few years because it looked great and I wanted to play it, but for one reason or another, I haven't actually played. So there's quite a few Wii games sat on my shelf, and, and I've got the Wii set up at the moment, so I quite like to play through a few of those, including Skyward Sword. Um, so at the moment it's rabid to go home. The next one on the list is actually Warrior Land: The Shake Dimension. I think it's called something slightly different in the US. I think it's, it's like a, a car- Shake Land or something like that. But maybe it is Shake. Dimension. Might be Shake it. It's the shake, shake Dimension it. in the yeah. EU. Um, I was going to say I knew it was something slightly different, but with the word Shake um, in other territories. But I I love the two D Warrior games. I've still got to play four on GBA actually, but the Wii ones one I'd, I'd seen for a long time and never picked up, and it ended up being a a bargain hunt on eBay, so I want to get to that because the Wii set up. There's quite a few PS2 games that I've had set up on my emulator for a long time that I just haven't got around to. Uh, the the two that the three that spring to mind immediately are PS2 Shinobi, the one from like 2003, because I remember playing a demo disc at the time and loving that first level. Just never bought the game. Uh, God Hand. Oh, okay. and. And Grim Grimoire, which is like the one gap in my vanilla knowledge. No, that's a lie, actually, because they have Princess Crown as well. But that's a bit of a weird one, because the only way you can play that is either following sort of a a fan guide with the original Saturn version, or there's a not amazing PSP port that I think someone's fan translated. The stupid thing is they ported it to PS4 as a bonus for the Japanese release of 13 Sentinels. Didn't think to bring it to us, poor fuckers, in, in the English-speaking world, though, did they? Uh. I, I, would, I would have happily paid for it as a separate thing. I just want to play it. But <laughs> that, that's a tangent. So there's Wii stuff, uh, my PS2 emulator setup stuff. I want to try and crack through some more of the, of the physicals I have on PSP mm. and DS and 3DS and Vita. And also PS3, talking about Dead Space, I've got like three or four Ratchet and Clank games that I still haven't got around to play. It's one of my favorite franchises. And those games have just been sat on my shelf for time. So um, in the next couple of weeks, I've got future tools of destruction, like sat in the console ready to go. So we'll be nice. talking about that one soon. But the, yeah, the, the broad theme is just a case of exploring the library that I've already built up and, and, and not necessarily giving myself permission to play those games, but restricting myself from putting more on top of the pile and just sort of taking from the bottom instead for a year. Especially because most of the hype's going to be around the new consoles anyway, and I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, Alex. In terms of PS5s, I certainly won't be looking at it until the the new model comes out where they fix whatever glaring flaw there is with this yeah. To tie it on a bow, I don't even really know what's coming out this year. I haven't, haven't kept track of it. Anything that I had kept track of probably would have changed with, with the global events that are going on anyway. So I'm I'm looking forward to spending a year just enjoying what I've got. And then I I suppose maybe this time next year, we'll, we'll see what the landscape's like in terms of things coming up. And then I can, uh, I can start getting excited about hopefully picking up those games for a reasonable price 
by the time I get around to them. Nice. Yeah, that's my plan too. Um, well, why don't we move along then? Yes. To our question of the week, which comes from forum user Elusera, um, who says, and, and, and they wrote a nice email to us, which you can always do. You can send to uh, hltbpodcast at gmail.com. And they say, hey, guys and girl, I was curious to see what your thoughts were on game clones. When a new big thing or mechanic comes up, it will inevitably start up a trend. In the 2020 Game of the Year thread, the Oro 44 mentioned enjoying Dante's Inferno very much, even though it was regarded as a God of War knockoff. I saw my sister play through this, and I agree that it's good, but it still has that label. I'm also sure you've seen your own share of shameless clones. Then there's a common comment that insert random game doesn't accomplish anything new. So, do you think cloning is something the industry should stay away from to focus on evolving? Or on the flip side, without it, we wouldn't find our way to something good. Are there any particular clones you like or dislike? Or maybe, are there any games out there that you wish creators would imitate? I feel like I just gave you an essay prompt, but I'm just curious about your opinions in general. Love the new episodes. Thank you for that question. There's a whole lot there. We'll see what yes, we can tackle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose I'll, I'll jump in to start because actually, for anyone who listened last week, my quote-unquote game of the year was Ghost of Tsushima, which is arguably open world games the clone but i think there's something to be said for doing things that have already been done but refining i I don't think it's necessarily as simple as saying x is a clone y isn't a clone there are obviously sort of clearer cut examples i think dante's inferno probably from the off was designed as god of war is sexy god of war sells copies let's make something like that but even then you could argue with, with its own setting they had some kind of a morality system that tied into the ending. It did certain things that made it relevant in its own right. And ultimately, if, it, if it's still a good game, which I haven't played it, but all signs seem to point to it being, does it, does it really matter? I think especially with more and more people getting into games, the landscape's big enough that A, there's room for lots of things doing similar stuff. You know, like the, there's room for a Breath of the Wild and a Genshin Impact and an Immortals Phoenix Rising, which all ostensibly have the same mechanics, but they all also do things slightly differently, whether it's in terms of story or business model or setting, slight variations in those themes. I think there's room for all of that as more people come to the hobby. But I also think that where something is truly shameless, I think that shines through. And, and, and I think it's it's something where we shouldn't necessarily worry too much. We should just trust um, consumers to be a little bit savvier about it and just hope that the, the good stuff shines through. Particularly because if you, you let multiple people have cracks at those kinds of things, that's where new innovations and refinements and improvements come along. I think there's mm-hmm. something to be said for that. You can't necessarily say everything has to be brand new i don't i don't believe there is such a thing i think we we stand on the shoulders of what's come before always yeah because arguably Um, games like rock band for instance it's just a clone of guitar hero but then they expanded it right and so it's like you know sometimes the clone is needed because it allows you to take something that you know works and expand right it's 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 almost yes ending exactly yeah actually it really is like that and i mean um uh, something I think too, though, it's like now that you were mentioning it, and I, I didn't realize I sort of thought this until you were talking about it, but I kind of wish that the smaller studios were the ones who would do 
this sort of like kind of clone work. And I would prefer that bigger studios avoid it more. And only because like, for instance, Immortals Phoenix Rising, I'm actually quite curious about the game because it looks to me like just sort of the fun, except, you know, Ubisoft is trash, but, um, (laughs) but I like, do think it like looks sort of fun and interesting um and i'm like oh that looks sort of breezy and like not a big deal but i also find it to me it feels a little cash grabby because you're like you're making this um yeah all right molly um uh, you're making this like game that clearly it's just kind of like hey it's breath of the wild but kind of with our assassin's creed stuff you can't rip off ourselves um <laughs> right so like that's kind of where i'm like you know what i mean like can you really rip off yourself um i guess not but at the same time i prefer things like oceanhorn right which is this small um studio that made this kind of link to the past but also sort of wind waker clone that is (laughs) basically legend of zelda but it's really nice and it's fun and it like fills that like sort of that niche or that kind of gap that you want where you're like, I just want to play a game that's sort of like Zelda. Um, And then you get to play this little game like that or something like Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, right? Which is basically Castlevania, except it's so much better than all the old Castlevanias. I love that game so much. I played that game so much and I don't even have any nostalgia for old Castlevanias. I hadn't played any old Castlevanias and I played through on every character, every mission mode, everything. I played that to death. Um... And I don't know, I could keep going on and on. Like even something like Greedfall, right? I know I I know I shit on Greedfall a little bit, but I genuinely think it's a cool kind of like it's it's like a clone of BioWare's uh older games, but they're trying this like darker and like different ideas in it. And you know, I'm like I just kind of I think there's such a good place for these smaller double A or even indie studios to come in and fill in that or bug fables, right? The, the Paper Mario clone. Yeah, it, it's a clone of Paper Mario and it's more like the older ones, like Thousand Year Door and um, and the original Paper Mario. And apparently it's fantastic, but it does its own thing. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I love that, right? you know? Yeah, I, I, I suppose from the model sense, when you're putting a lot of money in, you sort of want to cut lowest common denominator. So I think it's always going to be that a smaller, more agile studio can afford to, to take risks on changes where... If you're employing 500 people and spending X hundred of millions of dollars, you're probably less inclined to do it as much as that's frustrating as a consumer. Um, I would like to pull back on what you said about Greedfall, though, because I think when, when we're talking about clones, it's important to remember that the packaging counts, too. So whether that's Tsushima that's every open world, but it's in medieval Japan and it's very authentic to that historical setting, uh, or it's Greedfall, where it's most open world rpg semi sort of consequential stuff you've played but it's set in proper colonialism and it challenges all yeah, of all of the moral stuff yet, around that i haven't but that shit is a clone on... and i love it but it is a clone a hundred percent it's on ps plus this month so i might Good. actually yeah. give it a crack and I don't but, even mean that, that in a thing. negative way like I, I sometimes think clone is like you're being compared to good and sometimes the greatest games. So like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I say like, where I go like, but trust me, when you play it, yeah, it, but it, it's a fantasy colonial world. Like, just just so you know, like, it's not like, it's not colonialism. It's fantasy colonialism. Um, it, it's based on a true colonialism. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the way I would put it. <laughs> uh, it's based on how colonialism works. But um, yeah, I would just say that like, 
I don't always think being a clone of something is a negative. It's like, if you're compared to being mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild, it's like, yeah, that's a great game. And by the way, Breath of the Wild is a clone of Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Like they took like, you know what I mean? They took those mechanics and they upgraded them. And I think that's 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 what art is, right? Steal good shit and make it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I, I think we're, we're more or less on the same page with that. What about we're you, Pala? It's like learning and draw on someone else's style and then make your own thing from the things you like. Yeah, as um, long as you're not just tracing. Exactly. So uh, regarding clones, like as long as it isn't like a shameless clone that you can tell that they literally like slaps another name on the books, uh, I'm very okay with them because as uh, you both have said, um video games that get inspired by other video games are able to explore the mechanics in a different way um i haven't played genshin impact but i have watched my boyfriend play it and i actually think like combat wise is a little bit closer to xenoblade but to a basic level in the sense of, at least in Senate 2, like, where you can change combos, like, based on elements and stuff. In Genshin Impact, you can uh, change combos, but it has the little quirk that some elements negate each other completely. As in, you, you can make more damage to an enemy, not if you hit its weakness, but... If you combine, for example, I think it was like electricity and fire and mix like a huge explosion and you make extra damage and stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't uh, around it. You, you're exactly right. Yeah. As for um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, um, I haven't played it sadly, but from what I've seen like from the trailers and from my... Um, it kind of looks like... If you mix like Breath of the Wild's open world with God of War's um, kind of like inspirations on mythology, because like there was like a particular scene that was like, "Hey, what, what the hell? Am I playing like God of War on the PS4 or like God of War in the, um, I don't know which one?" But there was like one scene that was like, uh, "You could overlap it and it's the same game." <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that game, Immortals, it's Breath of the Wild meets Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, I've played Odyssey through and through, and watching some of it, I'm like, that's Odyssey's combat, Odyssey's humor, Odyssey's <laughs> stuff. And, like, not not even to, like, shame it. I'm just like, you guys made Odyssey, so, I mean, it's on, like, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's- <laughs> uh, or at least part of Yeah, I mean, it, the same company. I don't think it's the studio that made Odyssey that made this one, but... um. Either I think way. it's it's a it's an internal offshoot that started working on this game and yeah. it became something separate. Yeah. That's my understanding. But I, when you were talking about it, I had a flashback to. Are, are either of you aware of the game Ninja Breadman on the Wii? Yeah, actually, yes, I am. Because Scott the Waz does Ninja a thing Breadman? on these, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Now this is game is from been... a Wii episode. Is it from like a shovelware or a shovelware episode? episode? Yeah, it's from a shovelware episode. <laughs> it was something. The re- reason I bring it up, just on the on the topic of clones, this is probably the closest thing I know of to an actual clone. Yeah. So th- this company made four games: Ninja Breadman, 
Anubis 2, bear in mind there was never an Anubis 1. <laughs> Mythmakers, Tricks and Rock and Roll Adventures. They the are same. all the same game. It's literally <laughs> a reskin. It's literally a reskin. Down to the point that the exact same bugs where you can clip out of most of the world exist. It. Flashbacks are... Well, there you go. The flashbacks are... I know yeah. what, what game are you talking about. If, you, if people I, want I, to I learn about like... this, go watch Got the Waz' Shovelware episodes on the Wii and you'll you'll see it. <laughs> yeah, I think there might even be a, a re-res video. I think Maybe. the re-res one is what I'm thinking about. I'm almost certain because they did one quite recently. Nice. It will be on YouTube on somebody's channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that I feel like is the, the bar at which clone becomes a problem when yeah. you've released yeah. your own game four times. I think you don't you that you don't actually have to go very far beyond that to be sort of in the realms of acceptability. That's and honestly, yeah, and I love it. I think we all sort of agree, but and ultimately, cloning a good idea does not always make a good game. Mighty number no. nine, anyone? No, that's true. <laughs> wow, something, something, gamer on prom night. I am so happy I didn't pre-order that game. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I am probably like one of the five people like in my hometown my hometown that own a Wii U. Um. And I am so happy that I was like, well I heard that this game is in development hill so I'm gonna skip on it. Good. Yeah, I am so <laughs> Imagine if you were one of the people that pre-ordered the three DS version that <sighs> never came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually they're probably happier. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> than the ones who had to play it yeah anyway so that that's our thoughts um i'm sure we could talk even more about this it's a great it's a great question but um one other clone that i think is is a good clone shadow of war kind of cloned some of batman arkham asylum like it took that kind of combat and then it upped it it just like created the nemesis system and it just created this like cool thing you know like i don't know i think we can agree like if a game takes another game's idea and then evolves it that's awesome yeah that's just good shit yeah that's a beautiful bow to tie on that. I like that. Nice. Let's go on then to our how long to beat the game. Um, I've got it loaded up here if you want to rock in. Um, okay. Let's get ready. It's loading. How are we going to fail this week? It's loading. <laughs> Speak oh, to yourself. Actually, <laughs> Godfall. Really? Yeah. Track, which is quite new and i know nothing about this game yeah i know that oh, it's like neither. isn't it sort of an arena-ish battler it's destiny but melee combat yeah is my understanding and also not very good yeah i heard yeah. it's not good at all how long does this game take the beat is the question <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right well done alex Super recent games. We're here. Oh, it's so recent I... too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently, enough people have played it because Everjet set up a really good system, so that there's definitely been it has 25 or more completions. So yeah, um, 25 uh, or more mugs that bought that game on lunch. Sorry to the yeah, sorry to the 25 or more. Yeah, it actually wow. released like almost two months ago, huh? Yeah, it's yeah well, time flies, isn't it? That was, <laughs> that was back in the dark times of 2020. Oh, God, I don't even have a <laughs> clue. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to go... Yeah, go ahead, Ray. Go on. No, 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 that's all right. No, you, you go. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is one of those 20 hours-ish games, you know? Like, I, I have that feeling that it's in that world. Um, mm-hmm. 
Then again, it could be super short. Like, I just don't know. It's like a first. No, you know what? Maybe it's short as shit. I'm going to go with 13 hours for main. I'm going to go with 13 main. I'm going to say 18 main plus. Interesting. I'm going to say 30 complete. Oh, he's going for all of it. Okay. Oh, because I have no idea. I need that five hour grace period. Yeah, I feel that. I've, um, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. I'm saying 17 hours main, 22 hours main plus. But it really is sort of stabs in the dark. I'm exactly where you are, where I think it's like a 15, 20 hour sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Trying to think here. I'm trying like, to remember the trailers of the game on the gameplay I watched. Got to go for it. So I'm going to say... 15 for main. Okay. Mhm. 20 for main plus. Uh 35 for 100%. Interesting. Okay. So everyone's gone all out apart from me. Double check you're happy with those times and then we'll uh Yeah, off. I'm happy with them. No, I mean, happy. I'm not, but I am. All right. <laughs> happy enough. Happy enough. <laughs> All right. right, here we go. So. Okay, so. Oh, God. Dang it! I think you might have done it, Rick. Uh, Oh, no, you didn't. We all failed, I think. Um, Except maybe. So, main story is 12 and a half hours. So, I've blown that. I was, like, right on the money for main. Uh, Main plus extra is 15 and a half hours. You I was in the range, and then I went uh, greedy. I was, I was Why right I on that to one too. But I was off on completionist, which is twenty hours. Yeah. Oh, it's really short. Yeah. It is. Wow. Really short. The completionist, to be fair, is in red, so I don't know. Um, it, it maybe so it that, is longer. You're blaming Everdread for that, ally. <laughs> oh, well, that's not Everdread's <laughs> fault. There's only been one completionist. Uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking that the the Godfall will be like. Longer or anything because I saw that there was like now a I'm kicking of- myself. If I oh, if I'd only done two of them, I would have won this. Dang it, gambling! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh well, that was a good one. That was a good one to have. Um, and what's its uh, re- review score right now? Sixty one. That's not bad that. actually. Better than I expected. That's average. Uh, Sixty one. That's above average, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well. That's it for this week. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you next week, as usual, on Thursday. Toodles. 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 Toodles.